2: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You
1: know, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. So All right, yeah. Honest. Our roster looks great on paper. Great right on paper. whoop Whoop-de-hell. hell, Whoopty hell. Whoopty hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a, be a
2: good team. And you start building that during this time of the year.
1: Get your story ass up! Get your story ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you this think you're resume. better
2: than Jarrell Revis is right now? Is I'm better right than, now. than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you.
1: Dang, dang! Coming on I ain't sick. I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tattercoach, you need some help. We gonna expose you, boy! I all right, we
0: coming at your ass.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Roundtable. Let's, go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. Proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at Podnet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. You can find my co-host for the day. Mr. Matthew Fox at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter, and Tony Dyer at CommissionerMR. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others. You can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XT XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best stats in the industry, NFL stats, baseball stats, and of course, college football stats. College football stats are extremely hard to find, and they have some of the best there. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see me posting all kinds of stuff on there uh, about college football players, their dominator rating, and everything else. That all comes from that website. It is fantastic. They have basketball stats on the way. And for just $15 a year, you can get access to all of these stats. If you guys do that and you use our code roundtable, you will get 10% off of that as well. I'm telling you, it's one of the best deals in the industry, if not the best deal in the industry. If you want to get into the stats side of fantasy, it will make you a better fantasy football player. Be sure to check them out. For today's episode, as always, on Thursdays, Matt and Tony are joining me. and We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk a little bit about the Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts, and then some Dynasty talk. When is it time? To make that playoff push, if you're a team that's really close uh, to making the playoffs or, or what should you do if you're out of it? Whenever you, would you start scouting prospects, trading for picks and everything like that? Maybe some underperforming players. We're going to do a little bit of dynasty talk today on uh, the podcast. Looking forward to it. You'll probably hear a lot more of Matt and Tony moving forward as I'm still kind of recovering from the flu. so why I probably sound a little bit nasally to everybody, but I'm definitely looking forward to talking to these guys. So let's jump on here with them and get to talking about the Colts, Broncos, and some Dynasty Talk. And as I mentioned there in the intro, we've got Tony and Matt with us. Guys, what's going on? How, how have your weeks been?
2: Uh, mine's been going pretty good. Uh, just some uh, decent weather waiting for big week
0: 11 to start here.
1: Oh, I know it's well, going to my- be a great game tonight, right? Sorry, Tony, didn't mean to step on you. I'm excited about the game tonight.
0: No, it's not stepping on me at all. The the All I was going to say is my week's gone great, but it's not been good weather. Midwest weather is terrible this time of year. Right now, I think we still got two inches of snow on the ground, and it's just barely above freezing. But it's one of those things where a couple of days ago, it was like 55 or 60 degrees, and then that night, it fell all the way down to 25, and we got snow, and that's just the Midwest. That's just what happens.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's the same thing for us here in Texas. It's not been great. Today was the first day. It's gotten up to about 62 right now. And, and so, obviously, that's that's very nice. That's, that's a beautiful day outside right now. But Monday and Tuesday for us, I think it was, like, in the teens, really bad wind, rain. I think that's probably what's caused me to be as sick as I have have been the past couple days. It has not been fun. Today has turned out to be a very beautiful day, but the past couple days, not fun at all. I, I am not excited about it. Uh, but... We do have a good game tonight, which uh, I can't. Man, I can't wait for. But we'll save some of that for the talk later, especially with the Colts talk that we're going to get into. Uh, as we were talking about a little bit off air there, let's jump in and talk about these uh, the teams for you guys here in the Denver Broncos and in the Indianapolis Colts.
2: We eating all
0: day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every
1: time you come as well, I'm gonna hit you. Matt, you are a a big Broncos fan, as everybody knows who listens to the podcast. Uh, As we have been the past couple weeks, kind of got away from it here the last two weeks, but we're going to jump back into it. Give us a little bit of talk about the Denver Broncos this week, their matchup. Obviously, the big news with them is uh, when is Drew Locke going to play? I was trying to remember who the Broncos are playing this week, and I cannot. The Vikings, Vikings. So. That's actually that's going to be a tough game. So what are your thoughts overall on the game, and what are your thoughts about Locke? Uh, do you expect him to come back and play soon? Or not come back and play, but co- actually make his first NFL start soon.
2: That's kind of the big question, I guess. He did start practicing this week, which is uh, somewhat optimistic. I know some reports were talking about him splitting first-team reps. I watch uh, the local reports, and both last night and this morning, they reiterated that he has not at any point practiced with first-team receivers. That seemed to be a special point of emphasis, which I took to be uh, sort of an interesting sign. A lot of the discussion has been that they have a 21-day window to activate him, and some people thought he would not. Some of the local beat reporters think he will not get activated until week 14. I would say week 13 probably be the earliest. And then it's a question of whether he even starts. I know Elway was high on him in the offseason, and they were happy when they took him. Vic Fangio, during most of uh, training camp, looked like he was afraid a kitten would be massacred on live TV if he had a compliment for Drew (laughs) Locke. And that has led me to wonder... If the whole way they're playing Drew Locke isn't as much about the front office not believing in him as the coaching staff saying, we don't want him. He sucks. We will not play with him. And the front office trying to protect them a little bit. um, Because it's just, it's been really weird. You know, the guy sprained his thumb and ended up on IR. Uh, He's supposedly, there was a lot of talk before even their bye week when Joe Flacco went out that, uh, Bach has been healthy for a while. They've just been waiting to start practicing. They could have brought him off IR week nine. We're already in week 11, and they're saying it's at least two or three more weeks before they'll consider bringing him off. It's a really weird strategy for a team that's three and six. I mean, if anyone, I know one of us on this podcast has a three and six team that they still think it's going to make the playoffs. I do not think my 3 and 6 time <laughs> is coming anywhere near the playoffs. So it's even stranger to see, you know, the only thing I can think is they saw enough in training camp that the coaches said that's not going to work for us and they want to go get somebody else. But I'd almost think that would be a reason to try to throw him out there and have him look bad to justify picking somewhere else. I just I don't know. It none of it makes sense to me what the Bengals are doing makes sense you drafted a guy put him in uh see how how that's going to work and see if uh you're going to get anything out of them but the way this is being handled just doesn't make any sense to me at all
1: yeah i'm with you on that i, I would i know we've kind of i don't want to beat a dead horse here because we have talked a lot about uh with, what we think and with drew lock being out there i hope that he does get a chance to go out there we were talking obviously off air a little bit there uh, that hopefully he gets a chance to play at least in week 13. You don't think there's really much of a chance he plays next week either. So hopefully he gets a chance because I'm, I'm with you. I think if, if he doesn't show out or doesn't play well in those last four weeks, then at that point, uh, then you need to draft yourself another quarterback in next year's draft, which they do have a lot of really good quarterbacks coming out. Something we might be able to talk about here in a little bit. Tony, what about your Colts? They have a, uh, very interesting matchup again this week as well. Obviously, Jacoby Brissett out last week, and they ended up losing that game, which uh, really kind of opened up the AFC wild card race. Uh, have a inter- uh, divisional matchup this week against the four and five Jaguars with Nick Foles coming back. What are your thoughts on your Indianapolis Colts and in their matchup?
0: Well, I'm, matchup aside, I'm concerned about the Colts. Now, Jacoby Brissett, I'm a little less concerned about. I know that he obviously. Missed last week, much to our demise. Um, three interceptions, was it? Anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> Frank Wright came out yesterday and said Jacoby should be practicing in full. And as long as he practices in full yesterday and gets through the day, he should be the starter. And that's exactly what happened. So Jacoby practiced in full. I didn't see the injury report for today. I'm looking at a report from yesterday. Um, I expect Jacoby to be the starter. That's an improvement. But what I'm more worried about is when I pulled up the injury report for the whole team. Sorry about the dogs. But anyway, um, oh, that's one, okay. one, two, three, four, five, six starters did not practice. No Cox, Paris Campbell, Pierre Desir, Jack Doyle, T.Y. Hilton, Jordan Wilkins. I'm really worried about the health of the, the team as a whole. And even though I have a great deal of belief in Greg Ballard and the way that he's acquired free agents and the way he trades down in the draft to get extra talent, I believe that that team is deep and I believe that the team is consistent. All of the things that I would want to see out of a willing winning football team I see in Indianapolis, but I'm a little bit worried that these injuries are so top-heavy – that there's no coming back from that, if that makes any sense at all. Especially, we talked earlier, Jack Doyle, that injury is significant.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. So we, we were talking, uh, I want to get into the Adam Vinatieri thing, we were talking about that a little bit off air. What are your thoughts on uh, on him and everything going on with that? We we kind of talked about the fact, that I re- and I, I agree with you, I really feel like he's lost them at least two, I think at least two, probably three games worth of just him missing field goals and extra points. And I don't want to say anything bad about Adam and Terry. He's a Hall of Fame kicker. He's going to be – he's a walk-in Hall of Famer the minute that he retires and, and his years pass and he's eligible to be on the ballot. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame the first time around and everything. But what are your thoughts on them moving on from him and getting another kicker? Do you think they should give him the rest of the season?
0: It's such a conflicting thing. I, I think we're on the same page of this already. I don't think we talked too much about this. Um. Yeah, Adam Vinatieri leads the league in scoring. He's got the franchise record for the Patriots in all-time points scored. I didn't look it up for the Colts, but I bet he's got it for the Colts too. Yeah, there's there's something that those things tie you to Adam Vinatieri and want to make you believe that everything's okay forever. But time will it'll get you. You know, it just it doesn't last forever. This year, Adam Vinatieri is at seventy-one complete seventy-one percent completion. For all of his kicks field goals and uh extra points i just looked that up so that's as of week 10 71 percent so he's okay. only making it in three out of four times I mean, it's-, it's time i mean it's time it's yeah I, it's easy to say as easy as it is to say that the Colts lost to the Dolphins because of three interceptions it is that easy to also say that they could have won the game despite the interceptions had Adam made his kicks it could have gone to overtime it could have been another game-winning drive just like they lost to the Steelers the Colts have lost a game because of a missed kick and all of those other mistakes are important and they're relevant but but that's what a kicker is for that's what its job is is to do is to to kick the ball
1: yeah, like I said, we talked a little bit off air about it, and I, I'm. It sucks because I, I have as I talked about at the beginning of the year, I was a big on the Colts a lot. I thought that they had a chance to even win this division, uh, and they really would still be in that race. I don't. I don't want to necessarily say they're out because we were talking about the Texans' schedule as well. They do have a very tough schedule moving forward. Uh, but, uh, with that happening, it really has kind of opened up the AFC wild card race there, and it gives my brownies a chance to get in, as, as Matt was hinting to earlier. I think that's a very long shot that that happens, but I'll take any chance I can get at this moment, because it's been a, a long, 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 long playoff drought for, for the brownies there. So I, I I'm, I'm with you. I would be surprised if they did because there was a report that they were trying to bring in kickers, right? That Frank Reich was going to look at other kickers, or did they not do that?
0: So they did do that. They brought in four or five kickers. And I watched the press conference yesterday from head coach Reich. Yeah. He used the word malpractice. He said it would be malpractice for Greg Ballard to not look at other kickers.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's just what it is. I mean, when you are you are losing we are losing games because of the kicker. We can see this. It's clear. He also used words like respect. He used words like accomplishments. I mean, he's saying the same thing that we're saying. And that's what scares me. They did. They did see these other kickers. They tried them out, and they made the decision to stick with Vinatieri. They made it public. And so, what scares me is, I'm guilty of this too on a personal level. To become so loyal and so indebted that it that it costs you, I'm afraid that's what's happening. I hope that it's just a rut. I hope that Frank. And Greg, I've identified just a rut in the kicker, and they're going to support him. And he's going to finish out his last contract, and he's going to kick that game-winning field goal that gets us into the playoffs. If he does that, nobody says a word about it ever again, other than, whoa, that was bad. Whoa, he got out of that one. But outside of that, I mean, I am very worried about Adam. I I saw – I'll leave it with this. There's a popular radio host in Indianapolis who tweeted – The story of the Indianapolis Colts in 2019 is going to be where one player retired too early and one player retired too late. And I'll just leave it right there. And I have all the respect for Vinatieri, but I do think it's time.
1: I got you. So speaking of uh, having respect for somebody, I have a ton of respect for you for paying off the pie bet. For those of you who did not see that, uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. I was Two pies, two pies. That that was – very bold of you. Uh, so, if anybody didn't see it, me, you, and Dennis participated in the fantasy alarm thing they do, uh, where they pick a wide receiver to have a good week. Lowest scoring wide receiver gets a pie to the face. It is for a, a children's charity as well. Uh, so, just kind of talk about that. Who who'd you picked? What happened? And then where they can find this video if they have not had a chance to see it yet? Because it is it is pretty good.
0: <laughs> I I appreciate that. You can find the the video on Twitter at Commissioner Mister. I've got it posted there. Um, but yeah, basically, essentially, we had to choose a wide receiver that we thought was going to lead in fantasy points. And the catch was I couldn't choose anybody who'd already been chosen. Yeah. And you guys went ahead and took all the good ones. So I was left with a guy that I thought, honestly, I thought it was sneaky. I felt good. I thought, wait a minute, Emmanuel Sanders is sitting here. I'll take him. It's a perfect fit. I love it. I love Emmanuel Sanders in that offense. And he caught two passes and was out before halftime. So I was obviously the loser. Um, so, yeah, essentially, I went to, the, went to the store and got a pie filling. You should have seen the guy because I had one can of whipped cream and two pie crusts. Uh-huh. And I said, hey, how, how many cans do you think I need for these two pies? And he looked at me and he shrugged his shoulders and he's like, dude, I'm not a baker. <laughs> so I had to go back. I went back and actually bought two more cans of the pie filling. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, I actually had three crusts, too. I didn't have enough pie filling. So, two pies. That was the joke. Um, I wanted three. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait. What's the charity? What's that promoting?
1: I can't remember what the name of the charity is. I'll look it up real quick. But I, I do want to say, I don't know about us picking the best wide receivers. I, I picked Christian Kirk. And I mean... Well, come on.
0: That was the best one.
1: Well, it the best one because he won. He was the best wide receiver. Well, yeah, that's the best one because he won. I don't know if that was the best pick. I mean, I, I'll be honest... Uh, the fantasy alarm guys took a lot of like the top wide receivers, and they do it well, two between themselves. Did. So I thought that who was took, a, uh, very. My question
0: though, who who took Marvin Jones? That was going to be my pick. About somebody that was taking him.
1: That was Dennis. Dennis was the one who who took yeah. that.
0: Yeah, I'd have taken Jones had he been available. So, uh, but no, but then I was very happy with my Manuel Sanders pick. I'm going to pick him again. I'll probably get another pie in the face for it.
1: Yeah. It it doesn't say who the what the children's charity is. I was trying to find that right here. It's it's their children's charity and I can't remember what it is or which one that they do. I'm watching all of these other people posting their pie bets though. It is fairly hilarious, all the people who are uh taking pause to the face in this one though i have a bad feeling that's gonna happen uh very soon for for one of us though i i, I think uh so matt i know you uh you kind of got in late on this you had a bunch of stuff going on with your other job are you gonna try and jump in on this this week week 11 because i think we're going to keep doing this
2: i'm pretty sure last week i picked Mari cooper
1: oh you did Okay. Well, you still lost. You lost to me, but that means you did. You didn't get a pie in the face, so I guess that that's okay. I didn't see you pick a marker, but then again, I'm not gonna lie. I felt like I was dying Sunday, and know, most by of the, the past time couple days. So. Dennis,
2: Dennis said, "Pick somebody out of the night game."
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. See, I'm not gonna lie. My wife was. Uh, my wife was very upset that I ended up not losing that because uh, she went when I told her about it, and I was honestly not sure if Christian Kirk was gonna do that good or not. She was all excited about possibly pieing me in the face, and I'm glad that I didn't win. I'm glad that I did not lose that. Though it did look like it was kind of fun for you there, uh, Tony. I mean, he said two The two pies was just kind of put it over the top there. So I'm, I'm. I'm proud of you for for paying it off, though. It takes a <laughs> A lot of guts because I saw him post something the other day that there's still a bunch of people who have not paid it off yet, and then I'm and,
0: well, you know, the part of part of it is that it is fun. It gets people together. I had a bunch of people at work talking to me about football and talking about we were talking about wide receivers. We talked about charity, and then the next thing you know, when I'm standing out there, if you are watching that video, I get, did get hit twice. Yeah, the first pie <laughs> was a really good friend of mine. The second one was a guy I really don't know that well. Uh-huh. He's a jan- he's a janitor at work. And he was just driving by on his Zamboni, cleaning up for us. And I said, hey, dude, come over here. Will you hit me in the face with this pie? You should have seen the look on his face. It was like his son had just been born. And so it was so fun. It was a lot of fun. You're absolutely right. To just to get everybody together. It was a, it was more than just getting hit in the face. Or it was more than just losing a bet. It was a kind of a community thing. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. I can't wait to see... Who you guys pick this week and how all that other stuff goes out? Because I I'm hope, I would imagine, there's no way you can lose every week, so I'm excited to see if, if who loses this week and and how and how they pay off the bet this week. But as I talked about in the beginning, we were gonna do some dynasty talk today, and, and I want to kick it off with the discussion that we were having right before we jumped on air because it seemed like we're on different sides of this. So I'm gonna let you take it first here, Tony, because uh, you brought it up. There's been a lot of discussion about if you should or should not have a trade deadline in a Dynasty League. We are obviously approaching the playoffs. I have a couple of my main home Dynasty Leagues. We have trade deadlines. I had one last week and one that ends here in the next hour before the kickoff of the Thursday night game. What about some of your leagues that you brought up about a trade deadline in there? And tell us why you do don't like it. And then Matt, because you also seem to have kind of a... Um, I don't want to say a problem with it, but you were on the other side of it. We'll talk about why you were on the other side of the trade deadline for a dynasty league.
0: Well, uh, first of all, I want to bring Matt in on this one more. Like I feel like I've kind of dominated the conversation for the last few minutes, and that's okay. I, but because that's how it's flowed, but I really, Matt, this is something that Matt and I. I seem I feel like we could have talked about this before the show for hours i mean immediately we we were on the same page with some things and again but we were communicating well that's what i'm saying so i guess matt my thought is i'll just start it off here and and i want you to take over quickly i've got a home league that has a trade deadline that ends at kickoff for tonight's game and i like that you don't like that so let's just will you take over and tell me why you don't like that please
2: in my opinion if it's dynasty you don't have a trade deadline period if you have a trade deadline it's not actually a real dynasty week
0: well I guess then my question with it is because I look at it as a way for the championship teams to make a decision if they're are you going to make the run or are you not like here's the line in the sand and you have what you have you can't there's no does that make sense you can't I feel well, like otherwise. So here's a, a go ahead. here's yeah.
2: a massive problem though. Dynasty is meant to be a a year-round kind of thing where you're you keep your same rosters, you don't give up players. So making you know late season or playoff run moves, you know sometimes you get burned by another team doing that. Sometimes you don't. Um, But that has far-reaching consequences. The other reason I am firmly and staunchly against it is in many platforms, if you set a a trade deadline, you are stuck with no trades until the league year reboots. And if you are a primary ESPN player and you put a trade deadline in November, you will not be able to trade until April or May. I see.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that's that. That's
2: ridiculous.
0: ESPN is the least dynasty friendly app I've seen. It's a shame because for the desktop versions and it's like this is a side note, but ESPN's got this fantasy football user interface like backwards to me. And maybe I'm the one that's backwards, but it's terrible on my phone, it's great on the computer. It's set for a redraft. I want to play dynasty. Like it and I we are totally opposites. So I agree with that. I have huge trouble in the off season managing my dynasty leagues that are on ESPN. And it's because you're right. It's because of the trade deadline. Uh, so I do totally agree with that aspect. I don't think that I can give up the idea though, that I want those. Today I had championship teams, championship caliber teams trading with the bottom teams in the league because it was their last chance. Golden Tate got traded away today. And Calvin Ridley was sent back to a rebuild and it was just because there was a trade deadline. Otherwise that might not have ever happened. I like that. I really do like that. And there's a consequence. So what I do is the second that the championship game is over, trades are allowed again. And if I, if that means I have to write them down on a piece of paper and send a screenshot to everybody every time, then I'm willing to do that. But I want to create that suspense. I want that surety, that, that is a result of a trade deadline where you have to make a decision to not have any more trade acquisitions. The wire will stay open, but trades are done. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I just – I don't agree. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm with you there.
1: No, I mean I, I like it. The whole The whole saying is a uh, deadline spurs action, right? I mean – My my question to you then, Matt, would be, and I would imagine it doesn't happen that often, but, you know, the NFL has a trade deadline. It's to allow for some continuity, I guess, moving forward and into the playoffs. Like, my biggest fear is, and why I have trade deadlines in mind, is what happens if someone makes some kind of trade where, I'll give you guys a... uh, one, for instance, in one of the dynasty leagues I'm in where my trade deadline is, is today, someone just reached out to me cause I own Zeke and my team's like middle team, like I'm, I'm the sixth spot right now. There's a chance I don't make it in. Like my team's just not that good and he wants Zeke and he's offering me a bunch of players that I really don't want and a bunch of picks. Like for me, my, my, that's not a good way to put it because I, I won't do what I'm about to say. My biggest fear is someone's going to do a trade like that and then end up trading the player back in the offseason, if that makes sense. Does that make sense?
0: Well, that's a different issue. That's a totally, completely different issue. So if you're talking about, now, if it's honest, then there's no problem at all. If I trade you Zeke today and something changes and six weeks from now you trade me back Zeke, nothing's wrong with that. But if you're talking about some deal where I'm going to trade you this player for your playoffs and you're going to give him back to me at a discount from what I paid you because you won the money, that's collusion and both of those owners need removed from the league immediately. So yeah, I agree that there is – that that risk exists, but that comes back to the integrity of your league and the quality of the people that you're inviting into it.
1: Right. Yeah, but you can't always know that and that that's always my biggest fear in keeping a trade deadline open because you also have – I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm old school, but I just, I don't like the fact that if I were going into, say, a championship, like last year, I'll use this as an example. In one of my home leagues last year, I was going into the championship game and the person I was playing had Todd Gurley. If he was able to possibly, if, for any of you who don't remember, Todd Gurley was questionable going into that week 16 game. There was a lot of talk that he would play. They eventually ended up putting in CJ Anderson and obviously CJ Anderson had like a massive day. So if you own CJ Anderson, you put him in, you likely won your day. Well, he had CJ Anderson, but he also didn't know the CJ Anderson was going in. If the trade deadline or there was no trade deadline, he could have then probably made a move to get move it to get a more secure running back to put in there, knowing Todd Gurley likely wouldn't play. And I ended up winning mostly because of that. And and I just feel like you shouldn't be able to make moves in the championship round to improve your team. I just feel like there should be a certain point where Almost like what you said, Tony, kind of you have to shit or get off the pot at this point. You either you're going to make the run for the playoffs or you're either going to pack it in or you're going to sell and move toward a rebuild and this is your time. You know it's right now. You got to make that before the the championship round comes up.
0: Fox, I'm interested in what you have to say about that.
2: I mean, I had a trade somebody that had Todd Gurley made a trade that I was facing in a championship game last year, and I lost because of it, I still wouldn't have a trade deadline. Man, really?
0: Man, I all the way literally way to the
2: lost. I literally lost in the championship game because he was able to successfully sacrifice picks and something else to get a playable running back and beat me.
0: Man. Well, you're a... I'll you're tell you what, a, man. If you're sticking to your guns, I'll give you credit for that.
1: You're a better man than me I because mean, I'd be pissed. Yeah, that's, that's the way. To me, that's the way it
2: goes. You know, it's and he'll have some long-term consequences. And I wish I hadn't lost, but that's the way. It, that's the way it rolls. I'd much rather have that than a trade deadline.
1: Well, wow. but so, but what is your biggest proponent against trade deadlines? Because, like, for instance, I what I do with mine is almost the exact same thing
2: with, with Tony. That would be my. I think it's, I think it's league to have any kind of a trade deadline.
1: So do you have an issue with the like NFL? I don't them in
2: redraft either, but that's a whole other.
1: Do you have an issue with the NFL having a trade deadline?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's pointless, but they don't really make a lot of in-season trades. Actual football with all the economics and chemistry and things like that, in-season trades, Rarely happen and rarely work out. You'd have to have a specialty position. I think that's the reason you have most of those trades either offensively. They're going to come from complete need based or they're going to be similar systems. The bigger trades you get in the NFL are defensive ones, like what Marcus Peters did for Baltimore. So I, I, I think that's an apples and oranges comparison. I think of it more like baseball. They have a trade deadline and then they also have a workaround when you get past the trade deadline. Yeah,
1: yeah, the waiver system. Although that that did go away yep. this this year. This year there's that's not there anymore. This past season, the 2019 season, there's no longer the the waiver system where they can do that. I I mean, see, I get it if Wow. He,
0: well, no, that's fascinating. I think the freeze is fun and he doesn't. That's just fascinating to me. Like Because I have all the respect in the world for you, Fox. I know you know what you're talking about, but that's just fascinating to me. And you're you're honest about it. That's so cool. No, I really appreciate your genuineness about that, even to have lost in a championship trade. I just – hats off to you, man. Good for you. Yeah, I
2: was trying to look up what it was, but it was – the guy I was playing in the title game had – Gurley, he may have actually traded for C.J. Anderson because I think he had John Kelly, and that didn't end up being the handcuff. And he would not have had a playable running back if he hadn't been able to execute the trade.
0: Yeah, Ram. I mean, if it was a Ram's backup, it was not John Kelly.
2: Yeah, and I think the, where where he was, he would not have had a playable – I wish I could remember what it was, but I remember that was a part of losing –
1: See, oh man, yeah, if I was the commissioner of that league, there'd be a trade deadline uh, um, uh, put into effect, like, the date of the championship game after that happened, or as soon as I lost that game, because that's just the way I am. Like, I, I get what you're saying, I just, I don't know if I could, <laughs> if I could do no, it. I'm, I'm, I'm the in.
2: co-commissioner of the league, so if that's what I
1: wanted, I would have pushed for it. <laughs> I, I'm in... um I'm in one that started on the FLA app, and we don't – there is no trade deadline. It is like that, but a lot of teams don't make trades in the playoffs. So I get what you're saying. I just – it'd be hard to do it. I think
2: those kind of trades happen rarely because you're thinking if you're really good and in the mindset, you're thinking long-term and you're not going to sacrifice everything. Uh, Yeah. I may feel different if I lost money i guess too i don't typically play anything page because i yeah, don't too. believe in gambling right so that might have some impact on my feelings
1: i think see okay so that that might be the biggest part i think you would because that's i, I don't know about tony's but do, are yours uh the one that you're talking about is that a money league tony
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty high-stakes league. That's my yeah. highest-stakes league, yeah.
1: Yeah, so the two that I'm talking about are as well. So I think that part, and all honesty, is part of the thing that goes into it. Because even in a dynasty league, at least for me, my perspective, I hate rebuilding. And we'll obviously talk about that here in a minute. I'm always trying to win every year, but that and that is part of the reason why I think there should be a cap on that, though. I just... I don't want to keep jumping into it, talking about it, but I would, I would hate for that to happen. I would hate to have built a team for so, you know, whatever off season and into the season. And then the championship league, just because some dudes like, Oh, you know what? I don't need this running back. Sure. Just give me your first round pick. And then a guy's able to get a a running back and then ends up beating me because of that would just drive me crazy. So I I see both sides of it. I guess it's, you know, whichever you prefer to play in, you can obviously find the league like that. I, I, I do agree with you, Tony, that I, I would have one. And then at some point, like for me, we usually do it once the Super Bowl ends And a lot of mine. Like just take a, a little bit of a break after, after week 16, enjoy the playoffs. We usually get our whole leagues together for a couple playoff games and kind of bullshit and have some fun. Uh, and then once the Super Bowl ends, we open up the trade, uh, the trade window again and you can do all your trades. So. I mean, I don't know. I like I said I am in a couple of leagues where you there is no trade deadline at all. There's a bunch of people trying to make moves now. There was actually someone who did do that last year. I think they got Kittle. Uh he needed a tight end and he got Kittle in the championship game and ended up winning by five points, mostly because of George Kittle, uh, to end up winning the championship game in the one that I don't have a trade deadline in. I just I think that would just drive me insane if I was a losing member on that. So much props to you, Matt, on, on not going in and changing that after that happened to you for sure.
2: I know. I'm looking it up right now. I think he pulled off a trade to get Christian McCaffrey. Oh my god! Oh. I, I just pulled up the league history, and I'm looking at our matchup. I'm pretty sure he gave up a bunch of things
1: and got Christian McCaffrey. Good night. That would just drive me crazy, especially because you're getting a it player depre- like that. It was depressing. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I'm depressed for you, and it even happened to me, so I I understand that.
2: I'll know. I'll know. It was either Christian McCaffrey or Damian Williams that he took.
1: Well, Damian Williams was a guy who who won a lot of championships last year, too. Matter of fact, he was one of the people who helped uh, who helped beat me last year. All right. So, um, speaking on trades, since we'll we'll just go deadline, no deadline. Just we just want to talk trades here. Are you guys people or players, I should say players, who are willing to give up picks or what to get a veteran to help push you toward, toward the top or to get that depth? What are your thoughts on grabbing a guy like an Adrian Peterson or Larry Fitzgerald or someone you know is probably not going to be in the league much longer but might help you win a championship this year? Did you Would you prefer to hold on to your picks and get that young talent or would you make the move and get the veteran and hope that you win a championship?
0: Go ahead and take this one, Fox.
2: Um, you know, if I think I have a good chance, I'm not opposed to uh, to making a tough call. Like last year, James Conner was a guy that, you know, I, I, have, I think we've talked about many times. I love Le'Veon Bell. I've been heavily invested in Le'Veon Bell in Dynasty for a long time. So last year was real kick in the pants. But I unfortunately had Connor in a lot of places and when he went down down the stretch, uh, there was a league where I was I thought I was a really high seed and thought I had a chance to win, but knew if I was missing him I would struggle, so I sacrificed a second round pick to get uh Jalen Samuels. Okay. Um, which ended up being worthwhile. I mean, I've made a couple of those kind of Um, moves if I but it really depends on your situation too I think that's actually you've talked a little bit about trades this year I think what's been brutal this year is with all of the injuries and dour performances from highly drafted and highly touted assets it feels like in every league I'm in, mean, there's maybe one or two teams that has seven or eight wins, but there's a whole glut of teams that has between three and five wins. Yeah. So there's not any real separation combined with the fact that while the 2019 draft class was okay, everybody is hot after the twenty and twenty-one draft class. So people don't want to give up their picks to get Adrian Peterson. To help their six and five team possibly make a playoff push, I think this year has been the worst. I had a couple of teams that I gave up a couple of weeks ago because I knew I was going nowhere, and offered my roster up for picks, and I've gotten very few inquiries because people don't want to give up the 2020 picks. And teams have been so erratic. You know, I'm in one 14 team dynasty league where one team has seven wins and the rest of us all have between three and five every wow. uh, one of the other 13
1: teams what about you tony
0: oh my gosh i got so distracted by trades that just happened in a dynasty league ask me the question again i'm really sorry
1: no you're good what uh would you be are you willing to give up picks to get veteran players like say a fitzgerald or oh, a Peterson? yeah yeah
0: oh yeah i'm sorry i do remember the question um yeah i guess it takes a certain situation you're gonna win And you have a trade deadline, especially. Sorry, Fox. (laughs) But if you're in a position where you have to make a decision on, am I going to win right now or am I going to take a shot next year? I just had a league that accepted a trade, um, a championship team accepted a trade for Golden Tate. It made all the sense in the world. And it cost them a little bit of the future to a rebuild. It made all the sense in the world. Golden Tate's going to get his targets. He's a reliable wide receiver in 2019 that might not be as reliable, as reliable in the future. Yeah, I guess it does depend on the value. You have to be sure you're going to win. But yeah, I would do that. I, it just it just absolutely depends 100% on it's a team-by-team team thing. I can't right. make a blanket statement.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. So on the other side of that, when is it time, or when would you, depending on obviously your record, everything, would you give up on a team? And I, what I mean, say give up, I mean don't, don't not, you're not going to play anymore. But when is it? You're okay. I'm going to start flipping assets and try and get some picks because, as Matt you mentioned, as someone who watches a ton of college football and I'm constantly looking at prospects and everything. These next two classes are going to be loaded. Now, yes, we don't know what they'll do in the NFL, but just based on what I've seen from them in the college, you are going to be able to get a lot of really good players out of this class here in 2020 and especially in 2021 as well. This one in 2020, I think, is going to be more loaded than 2021, but there's still going to be a lot of good prospects in both of them. When would you turn and start selling off assets and and what's too much so I'll go into one of my teams here in, in a minute or I, I'll, I'll go first I'll give an example for it because I kind of feel like I, I sold too much to begin with so when I came into this uh league in one of my home dynasty leagues I had a team that I was not happy with I, I was kind of building around Aaron Jones and Geis as my running backs and Devontae Adams as my wide receiver now obviously hindsight being twenty twenty. Aaron Jones has had a phenomenal year, but last year, he had a couple good games, and they kind of fell off, got injured. I wasn't sure what he was going to do, so I sold him. Sold him for a first-round pick, second-round pick, and Curtis Samuel, because I wanted a young wide receiver that I could add to it. Now, it looks like whoever got Aaron Jones ended up winning that deal, but I knew I was going to have to build a a, a better team. I ended up turning a bunch of players around, and I've got four first-round picks, three second-round picks. Uh, in this league, and now I'm building around Darius Geis and, and Devontae Adams are really, and, and George Kittle. Those are my main keys of that team, and, and I'm trying to rebuild through this draft, knowing that my team was not gonna be good that year, this year. Have you guys done that before? Are you willing to do that before the, the season starts? Or you wanna try and play the season out, and then at what point in the record would you be willing to sell off, and what is, too much of a sell-off? Like, what player is Devontae Adams or, or DeAndre Hopkins or Odell? Are they untouchable? Or are those players you want to build your, your franchises around? Or is anybody tradable at, for the right par- price, I guess is the way to put it.
0: I want to jump in on this because I want Fox's reaction. I think he's going to have a more complete reaction. And mine's probably a little more personally biased. I have a team... That is currently four and six. Okay. Here's what I'm starting. It's going to be a mess, so I'm going to read through some names. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Desha- Deshaun Watson, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, Zach Ertz, and a healthy bench, a middle-of-the-road bench. Not a. It's not the worst bench. Right. Okay. Every week, I've started superstars. Yeah. And I'm four and six. And I'm at a position where I'm unwilling to discount almost any of them. I feel like I've been hit with all the bad luck all at the same time. And if I just sit tight and take my loss, at least I'll get, I mean, the top end first round pick. Right. And I'll have all my superstars. I just, I'm at a position right there where I'm not, so maybe I'm a little biased because that's the league that I just dive my soul into and on that team i'm not selling anybody there are other teams that i will sell any player but i'll sell them the same as i would sell them any other time it doesn't make much difference to me so matt i just wanted your response to that what would you do if you were sitting on a team like with a roster like that and you were losing what would you do
2: well see i think this is a tough tough year um especially if you're talking about dynasty we talked about uh, you know the consensus probably top four picks um for redraft this year were Saquon Barkley Alvin Kamara Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott and if you drafted one of those you're probably doing really great three of those guys if you drafted them God only knows what the rest of your your team is looking like. I mean, we've had Devontae Adams miss some serious time. Juju Smith-Schuster, who a lot of us had hopes for, has been on a team with just terrible pass offense. The two Minnesota receivers, if you had built around either of them or had them that you were counting on, have been wildly inconsistent. I mean, it has been a weird year. All the marquee quarterbacks that, that have gone down to injury and missed significant time. So if you have a core of players that are good players that you still believe in like that, having a four and six team because you're having an off season isn't, uh, isn't in my opinion, a reason to blow it up.
0: Well, the I felt teams... crazy. I'm glad to hear you say that because I felt like a crazy person. Somebody offered me digs, a second round pick and some droppable garbage for Devonte Adams. And deep in my gut, I wanted to do the deal because I felt desperate, but I knew that that was not enough. So I passed. He called me a crazy idiot. Go ahead.
2: Adams has really, you know, Adams has had a fluctuating season just because of injury. When he's been in there, he's been a huge piece of the offense. I mean, even in a game where the Packers' offense looked like it didn't fundamentally exist, on his first game back from the toe injury, he had seven receptions for 41 yards, which is. An okay PPR day. I mean, that showed you that he's a focal point of the offense. Stefan Diggs has had a couple weeks where he had seven for 168 and three touchdowns, and a few more weeks, feels like more weeks than not, where he's gotten you like two receptions for four yards, and you're just sitting there wondering what fresh hell you've stepped into. So, (laughs) to be fair, I mean, I I initiated the
0: conversation. I started the conversation just so that we're fair. I said, hey, what's the price on Diggs? Because I like Diggs. I think that Diggs is going to be good, and I think he's going to be good for a long time. He's a young guy. Thielen's an older guy. I think they can both be good for a while, and then Diggs will be great for a while. I'm willing to take that risk, and the conversation quickly turned into "Give me Devonte Adams." No, see, I mean, I'm in
2: more of the position I, I think where there might be value. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier. There's a couple of teams where I could tell I was going nowhere, and I probably need to start a rebuild and stop. You know, I've spent a couple of years trying to hang on, trying to build around some assets, and it's just not happening. And there hasn't been a great market for it. I think this is one of those rare years where the real trade market if you are in a dynasty is to try and go if you can buy low on some of these people that have underperformed like if somebody's panicking and wants to offload stefan Diggs, i'll take him for cheap because i'm like you i'm playing the long game i think there's potential the reason that i may not be starting juju but i'm definitely not giving him up is his values at his lowest point and i still think if mason rudolph grows as a passer if Ben comes back, you know I still think there's his talent didn't fall off. Their way they've had to play the game has been off this year. There's play, there's people like that. I've seen people talking about, well, is Saquon Barkley going to bust in this offense? He didn't suddenly. Blues forget how to play football between last year and this year. There's offensive line issues. There's problems. There's all kinds of things. I was reading a report from the Rams talking about how they have three of their starting offensive linemen now are on IR, which, by the way, is part of the reason that Todd Gurley has looked human. There's plenty of people that are worried about his knee and think that that's been the problem and they're willing to, to dump off. Maybe now's the time to catch a couple of those shares. Maybe now this is not a year where you're able to get to sell your assets for for draft picks because people are kind of wedded to the draft picks, especially at this point in time when it's all all hype. I think when you get closer to the draft, people have a real valuation on those picks. But this might be one of those rare years where you can scoop up some potential future studs because they're underperforming and people are giving up on them.
1: Yeah, I actually agree with that. I mean a couple of guys we've talked about it here and there. I you know, I've bought low on Saquon, Adams, Diggs, three guys that or two guys we were just talking about Adams and Diggs. I bought low on Saquon, Geis, uh, in one league as well. My my boy Ronald Jones, I was able to buy low on before he went off on a couple of leagues. But Tony, I wanna I'll emphasize with you here or empathize here with you uh, for a minute. I will give you my home dynasty league where I am also sitting at 4 and 6 right now. I am 5th in scoring and I'm at the 7th spot right now out of the playoffs. So I will read you my team really quick and tell me that not going into the year, you would not be absolutely thrilled to have this team. So I had Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield as my quarterbacks. I traded Kirk, but now I have Kyle Allen and Baker Mayfield. My running backs Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott, Mark Walton, wide receivers: Devonte Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., Josh Gordon, DeAndre Hopkins, Auden Tate, James Washington, tight ends: George Kittle, Dawson Knox, and Chris Herndon. And then it's it's IDP heavy as well, but I won't get into the IDPs. And that team would was you tell me
0: the top few wide receivers again?
1: Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Gordon, Auden Tate, and James okay. Washington.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I understand.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm sitting at four and six too. and it, it's been the same thing. I've gotten tons of offers. Like right now, someone just offered me uh, Zeke Elliott. I'm, I'm the guy has been messaging me while we've been doing the podcast, and he's offering me DJ Moore and David Johnson plus a second round pick for Zeke. And I'm like, no, I don't know. No, like, well, hey, not- wait a
0: minute, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, timeout. What's up? He's offering. DJ Moore in a trade. Go get DJ Moore. Zeke's obviously out of the question, but I'm a big fan of. Well, DJ that's Moore.
1: all. He he only wants he only wants one of my three running backs. He wants a running back to to make a bigger push. He's sitting in the second spot. And how many do wants, you have to start? You can start uh, three altogether. It's how two mean, running. How back many one do you plus.
0: have to start?
1: Uh, you have to start at least two.
0: Well, you've got the wide receivers to probably offset one of those running backs. Fox, help me out on this. I think this could be interesting. First of all, Fox, what do you think about D.J. Moore? Are we on the same page here?
2: I mean, there are too many questions about Carolina. We've seen now D.J. Moore with a full, pretty pretty full sample size of Kyle Allen. If he ends up being their quarterback going forward, which right now feels like a 50-50 proposition, is he anything more than a high-end flex?
0: OK, maybe I'm, then maybe I'm off. That's way separate from me. So I will well, accept that maybe I'm extreme in one direction. No, no, I'm here, cool with that. So, so no, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that.
1: Here, here's my thing on D.J. Moore, because I don't disagree with you. Uh, Matt knows I'm very big on Carolina and their weapons. I like Curtis Samuel, love D.J. Moore as well. D.J. Moore was my wide receiver one coming out of college last year. I, I love D.J. Moore. If he was trying to trade for, say, Adams or Hopkins or Odell, I would do the trade in a heartbeat because I do think while DJ Moore might not bring back that value, he's going to be a guy that I could plug in there. My thing is with him wanting one of my three running backs, like – I just I used to be the wide receiver guy, if that makes sense. Like I used to love wide receivers. I was always drafting wide receivers. I, I thought that's how you built a team. Recently, over the past couple of years, I've really come around to you need to have a good core of running backs because you can just not, especially with the yeah. way the NFL is moving toward these two back systems. Zeke, Chubb, and Barkley are three guys that are going to be the workhorses on their teams. Giving any of those guys up, I just it's almost. CMC has kind of separated himself and put himself in his own category, but it'd be like giving up on CMC. You just can't give up on those guys right now in Dynasty, in my opinion. And I could be wrong there, but I I super value running backs right now compared to anything else because wide receivers, I almost say, are a dime a dozen at this point. You can find guys... Off the waiver wire or, or or through the drafts over the next couple of years that can end up producing. Where I just don't think you find that value in running backs. Like I again as someone who scouted this class since week one, since last year, these guys coming out. Nobody in this class is Zeke or or Barkley. There's a couple of guys who might be Nick Chubbish, but they're not Zeke. They're not Barkley. They're not CMC. There's a lot of good running backs, not great running backs in this class
2: in the season with Russell Wilson, Le'Veon Bell, Philip Lindsay, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jack Doyle, and Cortland Sutton.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: wow. Gosh. They said so
1: they're 2 I mean, it, I, th-
2: I thought I was going to be competing for a title. I can't seem to get over 80 points. I can't get enough. I can't get all those guys to be in a lineup together and to produce anything.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It just – it has. It has been a really weird year, and that's kind of why I think I'm, I'm with Matt and what he was saying. And, and you too, Tony, and just not – I feel like this is just a year where you can't move on from your studs because it just has been weird. Like Barkley was out for so long – Adams has been out. Oh, everything we expected out of Odell has just not worked out with the Browns and the way their offense has looked. Even Hopkins has kind of struggled a little bit this year. It doesn't mean that they're not great players. It's just – and it has been a weird year. I mean, Amari Cooper is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and that's just ridiculous right there alone. Like, that should never happen. So it, it's been a very weird year <laughs> for fantasy. Did
0: I just burp into the microphone on accident?
1: No, I didn't hear you, but – I didn't hear it at least. I, well, I had to get my, my weekly Amari Cooper dig in since we've been off the podcast here for the past couple days.
2: Well, and the, th- the thing is, too, you know, there's a whole ton of teams right now that are 5-5, five and 6-4 five, and four, that are going to get into the playoffs that have these great players that haven't been great. But you don't know what's going to – so I have a team, the one that I lost in the championship with that I referred to uh, earlier <laughs> – I had Luck as my quarterback last year, but I have Dak. So Dak's been my quarterback this year. It's a .5 PPR. I have Kamara, Bell, James Connor, Philip Lindsay, James White, Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, and Cortland Sutton. I'm six and four. Right. But at any given week, I feel like I could put together a lineup that could put up 130 points and kill someone.
1: Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, I just want to before before we get out of here, really quick. I, I want to read up who Michael Thomas is probably the only guy. Outside, oh, uh, Michael Thomas, Julio, and DeAndre are the only three in the top ten that, I, for me at least, I would think would have been in the top ten. Because I'm not not a very big Mike Evans guy. I've always said that. But right now, your top ten wide receivers: Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark, Julio, and then Hopkins. I don't think anybody had half of those people, if not six or seven of those guys, in the top ten going into the season. I think that really does just you could have made you,
2: you could have made cases for Cooper, Galladay, and either of the Buccaneers. I don't. I think what's surprising about the Buccaneers is that they're both in there. I yeah. think you could have made a case that one of them would be based on uh, a lot of optimism for their offense. But guys like Chark. It's been an incredibly pleasant surprise. It's the same running backs. Austin Eckler still has to be pretty close up in the top He's number four. Yeah, I just pulled up the running backs. He's number four. Where you got him, that would have been an incredible boon. Meanwhile, if you have Alvin Kamara or Saquon Barkley, you're like, oh, my God, why is this my life?
1: Well, and DJ, too, another guy who's really kind of fallen off here real quick. Well, okay, before we get out, there's three things I want to touch on real quick. We can just do real quick analysis because we're almost at an hour here. Are you guys worried about DJ from what we've seen out of him the past couple weeks? Do you just think he's not healthy?
0: I'm out on DJ. I was out on DJ before the season started. I was afraid to say anything about it, to be honest with you. I am so out on DJ that like now I can feel confident. Now at least I'm seeing it. I was worried about this. And I'm totally out on DJ.
1: All right. What about you?
2: He looked, uh, he looked incredibly slow on a couple of those plays. I saw one of the funniest burns on Twitter was putting yeah. up a, a meme of him saying this is Le'Veon Bell when he's 92. <laughs> I, I think it might be a bad schematic fit for him. But um, supposedly he's not even on the injury report right yeah, now. He, he fumbled last it. week, was not good. He doesn't look like he has
0: pop. I never liked uh, Derek. I, I never liked concerned. him when he was healthy. I never liked him. I just, it was crazy to me that he was so productive because, it just, there was never anything special, and now it's, just, not happening. That's, it blows my mind. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm
2: going on about it. I I would definitely. He's somebody I would stealthily try to sell if you can get somebody to buy on his name.
1: Gotcha. And then the last one and, and we can keep all the the political stuff aside. As I'm not trying to offend anybody. With uh, obviously a lot of big news coming out this week about the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, any thoughts about maybe adding him in your dynasty league? I, I would imagine if he does get signed by a team after Saturday's workout, he's going to be a backup quarterback. Last time we saw him, he wasn't putting up great numbers, but he was very good in uh, California. For the 49ers for a couple years there, did make it into a Super Bowl. Any thoughts on possibly adding him as a speculative ad or no?
2: For me, none whatsoever. I mean, it's been three years since he was in the league. I think it's a real long shot he gets signed. Uh, I also think a curious decision that he's decided to have Hugh Jackson be the man that's running his <coughs> workout and trying to sell him to other teams. Well, uh, I don't
1: think he was. It was Hugh. I don't think he decided. I believe it was the NFL decided to make Hugh Jackson run the camp. Which, yeah, <coughs> I'm with you. A very uh, interesting decision there. What about you, Tony?
0: Yeah, I am out on it too. It's Okay. Back yeah, he's backup quarterback and could be useful. Um I'll say when you look at teams like the Jets that had they were on their third string, arguably you can say the Colts were on their third string with Hoyer. I mean, that's that's the way it worked out. 2019 started, it was Andrew Luck. He retired. Jacoby Brissett's the starter. I don't mean disrespect to Jacoby, but I think Colin is better than a lot of third-string quarterbacks and yeah. most second-string quarterbacks, but the mess is just not, not worth it. And he's not gonna—he's not a first—he's not your guy.
2: Gotcha. Well, yeah. my my thing with even doing a speculative ad at this point in time is what team or situation of consequence is looking to add right. a quarterback like that in week eleven? Yeah, I agree. You know, if if we were in week two of the season. And the NFL arranged this and everybody was going, yeah, maybe you can see something like that happen.
0: The Ravens would would make sense. I would not be
2: shocked if he got signed, but I actually don't feel like he's going to come away with a contract.
1: Gotcha.
0: Oh, I agree with that. The Ravens actually are the – of all the teams I thought about, the Ravens made the most sense. And then I realized Robert Griffin's already on that team. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm totally like – yeah, I'm right there with you. It's all speculative. If he does get signed, there may not even be a contract.
1: All right, fair enough. Well, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today doing a little bit of dynasty talk and breaking down the, the Broncos and the Colts. Uh, enjoy the Thursday night football game tonight between your future playoff team, Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just kidding. I don't want to put that kind of bad Wait, juju in predi-
2: here. Wait, predictions for tonight? Should we all make predictions just to make you feel better?
1: Sure. I think the Browns lose 34-18, to 18, but Odell gets you – I think Odell's going to have a big game tonight. And I could be wrong on that, but I actually think Odell goes off tonight. What do you guys think?
0: Well, I'd like to see Odell go off.
1: Well, yeah, same here. What do you think, Tony? Who are you picking I, to win the game?
0: Oh, my. I'll pick the Browns by a point or two.
1: Well, thanks for the confidence boost. But. Well, there's not a lot of confidence. <laughs> I'm though. just kidding. I'm, trust me. I'm sweat, I'm debating on if I should even stay up and watch the game tonight I just go to bed early. Matt, who are you picking?
2: Cleveland, 20-17. to 17.
1: God, man, see that's the kind of stuff that's going to give me an early death because I'm going to be having a heart attack all game long because of these these close games, just like the Bills game last week. I hope they pull it off, uh, but we kind of talked about this on Monday too. Uh, I'm I'm honestly a little bit worried that they're going to win a bunch of these games against these bad teams and give all of us Browns fans false hope, just like they did last year. But we'll see. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. Going to be very little sleep for me tomorrow and my and my job, but we'll we'll figure it out, guys. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Have yourselves good weekends, and I hope that uh, you guys come out victorious in all of your fantasy matchups.
0: Thanks a bunch. Talk soon. Have a great weekend.
1: Prepare for glory! I don't know
2: if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your on ready? I came out the wrong already. It is end zone for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored.
1: No it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle in the courtyard. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.